0: Hey,
1: Casey.
0: Are you ready to talk about Justice League? We did sit through it for four hours.
1: Justice League, you say? Yes. You want to know my thoughts?
0: Yes, that's why we watched the Snyder Cut.
1: Chapter one, A Hero Falls. We begin with Superman as he begins to... Hope you enjoyed my thoughts and stuck around for all six hours of my commentary on it Yep,
0: this is the end of the episode Thank you for listening to Talk Nerdy to Me Baby Where we talk nerdy to you, baby
1: (laughs) So what are, now that you've heard all my thoughts, what are yours? Eh (laughs) That's not true
0: I mean Hello, you actually did not miss an episode Just so it's clear (laughs) Uh good. we did indeed sit through all 4 hours of Zack Snyder's version of the Justice League.
1: We did. We did. And overall thoughts?
0: It was good. It was. Definitely better than the original. It was fine. Like
1: you did, I feel like your thing has come down a little bit. Did you like did you come come out of this cuz like
0: you, I you, I really enjoyed some parts
1: you like when we watched when we finished it you were like that was pretty good
0: yeah it was a decent superhero movie
1: it seemed a little bit higher than than we are now i wonder if if the the if if anything faded from pretty good to eh
0: it it's more like i think after cuz it's been a couple it's been days a couple of days yeah i think it's more like the adrenaline of watching it and like getting sucked into the whole 4 hours of it and like having the surprises of what's new what's what's not and all those kind of things kind of like amped me up and now that i've gotten to sit on it
1: ah uh, yes you've settled back to mediocrity <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: i mean i i would say it was like it's definitely better than the original in that it makes sense <laughs> and i like what it added like it added context and added, like, Cyborg, which I really like Cyborg. And I've always liked Cyborg since, like, I grew up watching T-Titans. That being said, like, we talked about it a little bit after watching it. There's still parts that I have a problem with. And it tends to just be my overall Zack Snyder problem.
1: What? Zack Snyder has problems <laughs> in his movies?
0: Yeah. He does.
1: Yeah, it's true. He does.
0: He does. <laughs> and it's one of those things where, like, I hear... Especially comparatively, um, he has he's better to work with.
1: Yes, that is that is true. He has a good track record of being good to his people.
0: Yeah, so I do go into it knowing that.
1: Yeah, good boss, good to his people, not a racist, so an improvement.
0: Yeah, still has no idea what to do with female characters.
1: What are those?
0: Yet a <laughs> One lot of those a, a lot less uh. Glorifying shots, surprisingly. Yeah. Despite the costumes. Yep. I would um, agree. But I don't know. Where do you want to start? O- outside <laughs> my opinions of <laughs> Zack Snyder.
1: <laughs> the prologue. We. Uh, you know, I I I guess just still like with overall thoughts. Um, I I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was good. Uh, you know. Far from the best superhero movie I've seen, but you far know, far from the worst. Yes, indeed. Uh, and you know, in even just within the DC EU, being in the middle is pretty good. I
0: mean, I so <laughs> like <laughs> i. Th- I still think it might end up in my top four. I think of DC movies where I go. Starting from the top, now we're here, <laughs> uh, Birds of Prey, Shazam, the first Wonder Woman, and then probably Justice League. But the caveat to this is I have not-
1: The Cavill, Henry cavill ought to this?
0: No, because guess what? I haven't seen either of his Superman movies. <laughs> Does he have two Superman movies? And then Batman?
1: No, he has. he has- I mean, it depends on, he has half, one and a half, I guess, because he's the other half of Batman v Superman. It's Man of Steel and then Batman v Superman. Okay,
0: there you go. I, I still find Superman just as boring, though at least he had better moments in this one than I'd like justice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big, I'm also a big fan of justice. <laughs>
0: I liked the not impressed much, much more. Hello, yeah. welcome to Spoiler Town because we do not talk without spoilers because I can't make my mind work that way.
1: We only live in Spoiler Town and we're not moving.
0: <laughs> Except on the days before, like, a WandaVision drop. And then we take a vacation to Don't Talk to Me Town.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's nice in Don't Talk to Me Town. No one talks to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
1: yeah I, i would agree i the the order i don't know if i have like a final order but i i would say that those are some of the best i liked uh man of steel more than most people uh especially on uh after the first viewing but that being said like i think the top four would probably be the same as well and like here's a hot take i actually have enjoyed all of the dc movies in some capacity like i haven't been angry Like angry hatred at stuff. I don't typically do that anyway, Mm -hmm. and so I'm just like, you know, you tend to like most things. I was like, yeah, yeah, had fun. Next, (laughs) I mean, that's how we are in 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 the superhero world. Yeah, but I okay. Next,
0: (laughs) the problem is like the bits and pieces that I've seen of Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman are not fun.
1: I mean, he. You know, I uh, I, I, I get
0: too much man pain. Like there's too much man pain in Zack Snyder movies, and then you get to like his other movies where he tries to do like lady pain, and
1: and it's like it's no, still man pain. <laughs> yeah, but also like stick to the man pain. Like, yeah. Uh, uh. Anyway. Uh. What? Ow, it's my weird. Man, my man pain. <laughs> but is it yeah. that
0: time of the month for you? Just it's man pain time.
1: My sympathy man pain <laughs> uh, for Zack Snyder. No, I, I like, I again, I, I've enjoyed all the movies in some capacity. Like, there's none that I just hate, but that's just kind of how I am with superhero movies in general. Like, it's I, also I, how I you to, are with
0: most things. In yeah, general. I, I just, you, you know, tend I to try to find what you like about them and stick to that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I, I think with, I'm not so nice with. I mean, I haven't seen the theatrical cut of Watchmen. I've only seen the director's cut. Uh, you know this. I mov- don't
0: know which I saw.
1: <laughs> the other one, the director's cut, is fifteen minutes long.
0: I know, but I'm saying I know I've seen it, but I don't know which version I saw.
1: That's fair, uh, but you know, I I, I <clears throat> think one of the biggest takeaways from this is, and you know, it happened with with Daredevil and with other things like. Just let people make their movie, man. Like, like
0: I, I understand giving them a time cut. Like Yeah,
1: like and that's, to me, that's different from interference. In, yeah. You know, if there is a, if there is a, we need to make this a bit shorter I'm, to, you know, for theatrical sake. Like, I, I get it.
0: I mean, it's the same thing that happens with books. Like, hi, this is the area. I know Casey is the cinephile. And I'm the person who watches Booktube. Um, When you write books, especially like your first book, but like in general, before you become a name, like there is a standard for that type of book. So like you have to fit your story with all the details you need to produce to make a good story in that span of like page limit. It's the same thing for movies. And books get edited for different things. And they're different mediums, so there's that. But there's a way of editing down a work without losing context. I think the the biggest thing that the Zack Snyder cut did, didn't need to be four hours, but it gave context. So, like, I understood why things were happening. Like, I did not like Justice League. And here, The first one.
1: Yeah, the, the theatrical... I, I just, just to throw my thing on that. Uh, I liked Justice League when it came out. Again, more than most people, because you know, I I had fun. You like and everything. Yeah, I like things. But <laughs> this made me, this made me ashamed of even liking that movie at all.
0: I just like the idea of you introducing yourself. Like, hi, I'm Casey. I, I like, like things. things.
1: Yep, it's true. <laughs> but yeah, it's just after seeing this, I'm just like, man, I. I'm ashamed of myself for even liking that version.
0: I think it just also shows the bar for what we expect from people sometimes. Like when it comes to like blockbusters, like here's the thing. It's the same movie. Like more or less is the same movie. It like begins and ends in a very similar place. And like the story beats are technically the same. But there's more to it and there's more, surprisingly, there's more nuance in the Zack Snyder version. Even though I think Joss Whedon wasn't allowed to do Dark Darkseid. Uh, was he not
1: allowed? I don't, that, some stuff, I don't know, it's kind of money because of all the, the problems that it had of like, you know, it, it's hard to draw a line on or like draw an outline of this was what the studio demanded and this is what Joss Whedon came in and did. Uh, so it's a little blurry, you know, that
0: it it's a, a lot little of, blurry.
1: it's a lot of hearsay, but <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Though I, I like, so before we watched it, things had started coming out on Twitter. And I remember I told you, like one of the few like spoilery tweets I saw was like, Josh Whedon, what did you do? Yeah, And we didn't understand the context. And I think the context is. What did you do? Yeah, like, I think it's
1: the, the the emphasis on the different syllables. Yeah. What did, did you, you do? do? Because, yeah, like there yeah, were there's, scenes.
0: There's lines in there that you think are going to be Whedon, and they're not.
1: Like a lot of the stuff with the flash and just like any little humor moments, you're like, oh, that's, you know, that's even, that even, even, even seeing it in theaters, I was like, oh, that's okay. That's where Joss Whedon came in. And then you watch this and I'm like, okay, well, that wasn't Joss Whedon. So like. No.
0: And all the humor scenes that he added, we didn't need
1: yeah, and it was just like, so yeah. What, what what did you do?
0: Just like slash up a story to make a mess.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, I I don't think you'll be making any movies for a while. But maybe you, you say should... that. But... Yeah. Well, he should do slashers then, because that's what he he slashed the heck out of this movie.
0: Here's the thing. I don't. I would, I'll I'll take a stand on our podcast. I don't condone anything that Joss Whedon has done. Like, (laughs) like the stories that have come out about him, like it breaks my heart for those people because they put their time, their energy, their passion into helping do this collaborative thing and were shunted and hurt and like abused to fall in line with this dude who kind of s- just sucks, like, <laughs> full stop, dead ass sucks, and I hate that there that people have perpetuated this thing for so long of him being this feminist work person, yeah, when he doesn't understand what it is. Like, I grew up and I liked, I really liked Buffy, and I really liked Angel, and they're still really good shows, but they're good shows it seems to be proven for the work that everyone else did to make them good shows, the actors, the the people like behind the scenes and not Joss Whedon.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's interesting. Uh, in in a lot of ways, just seeing like being able to see a physical manifestation of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, you were talking about cyborg earlier. I mean, that's the biggest that's the biggest difference because having a character that like, I like, you know, in the theatrical one, I liked, no, I, I always like you, but <laughs> I like cyborg because I could tell that he was trying, but I was just like, okay, they didn't really give cyborg much to do. Yeah.
0: And we, it was hard to understand like why he was doing yeah, the
1: things. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, like his acting's good, but the character is kind of wooden, I guess. Uh, and you know i i could tell it was trying but it was it it wasn't it didn't have anything to do with ray fisher it was more of like how the character was written and i'm just like i feel like cyborg has you know some personality and he just didn't get stuff to do and i was like oh that's a shame but then mm-hmm. i realized after watching this and you quickly see why he was fighting so hard because it's like you know he went from being a one of the most vital characters in the whole movie mm-hmm. uh to just being someone who's just kind of there.
0: It, to being like a plot device for the end. Yeah. And
1: and and even that was just like, okay, well, you're here. So we need to give you something to do, <clears throat> I guess. Right. And it's just like, you know. it. it well, like it, you it, lose
0: his connection to the mother box, pretty much. Yeah. You lose his thing with his dad, which is like a really big, good part of that movie is his relationship with his dad. His dad exists in a way that has motivation and brilliance and that all of that um what i get is like i agree like in the just in the theatrical cut he feels wooden in the longer version where you get his actual storyline you see that he's just kind of tired and fighting like fighting himself
1: yeah and like it's and de- just and defeated yeah it's just it's very odd to me. I mean, not odd. It's You can see how it was problematic because, you know, in the theatrical, it's just like, well, it comes across very much as like, well, we didn't really know what to do with him, but we kind of needed him there. <clears throat> but we didn't, there wasn't really anything we could do. Like there's, you know, we didn't really know what to do with him. And it's like, you have all of this footage of how important he is and how, vital and how interesting and how rich with story with nuance and everything that he has i'm like what do you mean like you didn't know what to do with him it's all there
0: that's yeah and it's like it's a choice that you're like oh this enriching part of his story we don't need but we need a subplot of a romance between Diana and Batman.
1: Yeah, that was Which weir- was gone. Yeah, thankfully. Uh, but on top of all that, <laughs> some of the best visual shots in the whole movie, I would say, like...
0: Oh, his mind In falls. a lot of ways,
1: even out of Zack Snyder's... His total <laughs> filmography, some of his greatest visual shots were in this, and they were with Cyborg. I agree. Like, I really... Because
0: he's l- supposed to be the heart of the movie.
1: Yeah, and I, but I, I just really liked the whole, for lack of a better term, mind palace. Yeah. And the fact that he's able to walk through his... The information his, that he's getting. Yeah, his... walk through his mind, literally walk through and get to, you know, he gets to deal with his trauma by walking through it. And, and because he's just, you know, he is a walking, flying, floating database, mm-hmm. he can, he's allowed to revisit those memories and you know it it, it's kind of similar you know he was a lot like iron man and like how he can fly and stuff but also in that you know one of the things with tony stark is being able to uh revisit his trauma and revisit his pivotal moments in his life i really liked that victor was able to do that with himself Uh, just being who he was. You know, he he didn't use his powers he could have, which that was kind of weird. That's like, cool. Here's all this responsibility of the entire technology of the world. Good luck. You can do it.
0: (laughs) Can I go into conspiracy theory?
1: Hold on. Let me put on my tinfoil hat. So. Or the material that Cyborg is made of hat.
0: (laughs) I mean, one, do you think that he purposefully, Whedon, purposefully made it a bad movie for like some kind of future hope for working with marvel and two do you think he cut out like let's say he didn't he wasn't asked to cut out dark side do you think he cut out so much of that and cut so like so specific things to make it not the avengers because like they they're a very similar plot point like the heroes must gather together to fight this one bad guy who's actually the representative of this bigger baddie, and we have this hint at the bigger thing that's coming for this war that's coming to Earth. And look, the Earth actually has defenders or Avengers and all that kind of stuff. Do you do you think like he was actively trying to steer away from that so that it wasn't like more like the Avengers movie he had already made?
1: I think it's, I would actually think that that it's the opposite. And instead of like trying to sabotage it, I think, I think it was, there's too much of an ego there to do that. And so he was trying to do the opposite of sabotage it. And just in, you know, I think whether or not like the dark side stuff specifically was something that he had to do or, or that the, that the executives wanted out or whatever, I think there was a lot of removing of Zack Snyder's world building from, and it, I, I feel like it would, it It seems like it came from a place of, I know better than you. Huh. I've already done this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it this way because it works. And I know it works because I've done it. Th- it seems more of that than, a, well, I'm just going to like set everything on fire on my way out. It, it seemed less of that because, you know, if he wanted to, he, I, I think that he probably would have wanted it to be successful is as a way of revenge to being kind of pushed out by Marvel. I guess yeah. Uh but yeah, I I think there's too much there was too much ego to
0: But that, the fact that his ego
1: set the bridge on, on fire behind him.
0: The fact that his ego then is let's add these quippy lines that add nothing to this story. Like I know you liked the lasso scene, but when you T- give back everything else that you get. Yeah. It it's
1: Well, and, and we <laughs> talked about that too yeah. while we were watching it. I was like, that part was funny, but I was like, now that we have development and know what's going on in context, we don't need a force thrown in thing.
0: Like the things that we lost by Zack Snyder not getting to put together the movie were team building and like, like relationship building. So like the relationship between Aquaman and Diana, um, I really liked that. That was really good. Um, the relationship between Cyborg and anybody. Uh, <laughs> any kind of real development for Flash, like, with his dad, with, like, anything outside of it. Like, I appreciated what we got for him, which was, like, he's a very new superhero who doesn't have any idea what he's doing. And a lot of his, like, anxiety and, like, self-defeatist attitudes are getting in the way of him doing things. And
1: I, sorry if I may, I yeah. I've I just realized just now like I would in some ways kind of compare Flash's story to uh if you watch Critical Role uh Yasha in the sense of like someone who has these powers and abilities and is just at the end of the day just looking for uh companionship and also just trying to figure out their purpose yep. and where they fit. And I I think that was what we got more of is just Barry's just his whole thing is just trying to figure out where he fits and what his purpose is
0: Mm -hmm. anyway. No, I agree. But then the other things that we lose, we lose like the entire Aquaman setup and like any kind of actual emotional growth moments for Aquaman. But we lose Mira like Amber Heard's situation aside, like we lose Mira and like anything she has to do with anything, which is like in this setup, pretty like, decent. Yeah. We lose... It was um, more than just one scene. It was more than just one scene. She had, like, a point, And, like, they did actually set up, like, what his stakes were, in a way. Um, We lost Cyborg and his dad, pretty much. Like, it was... And his mom, where, too. <laughs> and his mom, who didn't exist. But, like, I could not remember what happened with his dad. Like, it left such little impact
1: (laughs) there was so much back and forth of like yeah he dies right no he doesn't wait yeah but he's it he does no wait does he it was just so much of like uh, i know and 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 i've 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 actually seen the the theatrical version i think three times so like i've seen it multiple times and i still couldn't remember
0: yeah i've I've only seen it the one time and so like i i rely on you casey a lot of times to
1: didn't you did you see it in theaters with me didn't you no. No?
0: I, I think the only one we saw together... Was DC just watching it was, on Blu-ray? Yeah, I think the only DC movie... Like, the first DC movie we saw together was Aquaman.
1: Okay. I honestly can't remember. Go. Case in point. Yeah. I <laughs> we saw- Mostly
0: I say because I don't remember seeing that movie in theaters. Okay. <laughs> At all. I honestly couldn't um, remember. Yeah. Did it come out before... It, or after Wonder Woman?
1: uh, It was after Wonder Woman. They were the same year.
0: Okay. We did not see any DC m- movies together at that point. I think okay, you brought so the DVD.
1: Okay. When okay. you
0: brought Wonder Woman.
1: See? Look. See? We remember so much. Nat.
0: But then, okay. So, in the things that also were cut, like, we cut um, actual respect for Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> Um, cause guess what? Snyder didn't have any of the upskirt shots of Wonder Woman. Wow. Um, <laughs> you still get the slaughtering of the Amazons, which is not my favorite thing, but you get, it feels more like they had a chance.
1: Yeah. And like, you know, it, you get to see a little bit more of the tragedy of the sacrifice of a yeah. lot of the, the Amazons and the, you know.
0: Does her mom die in the the no. original cut? No. Okay. I could not remember. Here's the I do
1: I do remember that that she does not
0: die. Okay. But like
1: everyone else does, but Yeah, and almost. like you
0: still have the stupid Amazon costumes that they changed for this which is like bleh. but that that's a, that's a Zack Snyder thing that I have issues with in general. Um like I have I have issues a lot with the way Zack Snyder writes women in a different way than uh Joss Whedon, because I mean Joss Whedon did the Mule and Quinn, which I hate yeah, and is still gross. Uh and probably the one part of the Avengers movie that I would really like cut out. But anyway, um I we lost the other scientist.
1: Oh, Ryan Troy, yeah. Yep.
0: Which was sad. We lost Iris. Yep. Which I mean, that scene needed to be half the length that it was. But yeah, I like having a lot her of, there.
1: There's a lot of weird <laughs> stuff. It's like, I didn't, there's a lot of stuff I didn't need and a lot of stuff that was really weird. It's like, I appreciate the sentiment, but it was weird.
0: Like, you could have had a moment of them passing thinking, oh, hey, you're cute. Her getting into a car homes, getting hit and him saving her without making it feel really weird, slow-mo-y. i am going to touch your face and...
1: And stare at you in Speed Force time. For a long time.
0: Yeah. Like the, there were pacing issues with Zack Snyder's movie where all this slow-mo stuff you did not need.
1: Come on. what Four I, hours. is also, like the perfect. Li-
0: <laughs> I also really enjoyed the addition of all the Alfred scenes. Like I yeah. like Wonder Woman and Alfred, like, did you need it? No, but it was cute.
1: I, I just, Alfred is one of my favorite comic book characters in general. So I, I always appreciate a good Alfred moment.
0: Yeah. I like when they give him things to do and I liked his scene with Superman. I liked having context for Superman. Like Superman made no effing sense to me in the first movie. Like Lois and all of the interactions with Superman made no sense. So having Lois have some kind of agency in this movie, however minimal it was, because she, she has like three scenes before she ever speaks in this whole movie. But Having agency of her, like, showing her moving through her grief was, I think, a good idea versus, I think, in, like, for how she ends up where Superman is, it's her needing, like, that little bit more of time to grieve him versus, uh, Batman sent a car for me and <laughs> now I'm here.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, it was interesting that, I mean, it was, it was definitely better this way because, uh, theatrically, Lois, whenever they fight Superman and stuff, which it still uh, had my favorite moment in the whole movie, which yeah. was slow mo Superman turning his head and the Flash being like, Whoa! Yeah. "That was that's still probably my favorite little nugget of yeah. moment." Um, but in the theatrical, she was there because as like a contingency plan in case he was evil. Yeah and it was not that at all in in Zack Snyder's version she was she was around and was like maybe i can maybe i can be the one to yeah. talk him down instead of
0: which seems to be a pivotal thing for the future yeah uh, which yeah i we'll get to that i'm sure <laughs> but going through like the differences still like that was a big difference um there was no batman Lifting his shirt only slightly because he's not (laughs) in shape scene. Yeah,
1: it was like, oh, I'm going to lift up. You can see part of my ribs and see how uh, we reshot this because I don't have those muscles that I did anymore because that's a lot to maintain.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and the dream sequence was moved to the end of the movie. Plus, we got Martian Manhunter.
1: We did. Uh, Who was just completely gone. Uh, in the theatrical, where it's like, you know, despite whatever you think, he was a part of the world and had been in the movies since the, since Man of Steel, since yeah. the beginning. Yeah, well, if
0: we're talking about Ego, he's like, your world building that you've been setting up for this entire thing, pshaw. Pasha. Um,
1: And- we, the- One of the things we actually lost from the theatrical, uh, which I think is for the better, was the whole subplot with the little nuclear Russian family.
0: yeah. Which uh, I did not know was a Whedon edition. I just thought it was weird.
1: I knew ahead of time that that was was something he added and that was cut.
0: I actually really liked the use of time travel.
1: Yeah, that was super
0: cool. I don't think that there was any time travel in the Mother Mm -mm. Box drop. Mm Mm-mm. Because that's where they set it up. And then it comes back. Like, that whole scene of him running and reversing Re- time. Aside really from cool. the really gross, like, muscles going back on, bones and <laughs> tendons and stuff. Um, that was actually really, really cool.
1: Yeah, I. it's...
0: And a show of, you can set stuff up to f- come back with later on in the movie.
1: Payoff. It's a thing <laughs> that you can do.
0: Promise and payoff.
1: Yep. Uh, but I apologize... Not really. To any of the <laughs> uh, original like Superman, the Christopher Reeve Superman film fans, this was a better use of reversing time than spinning around the sun and just all of that yeah, silliness. We but-
0: also lost the race between Superman and The Flash, which honestly, like, we didn't need. It was
1: cute, but I didn't. I well, was it like, was
0: cute, but it was because it was one of the few good things from that cut.
1: Yeah, but I... It's it's interesting, like, stuff that I liked from the theatrical that got cut, I still didn't need. I'm like, oh, that was cute. But, you know, in hindsight, I didn't need it. No. Uh, But...
0: I think it was a lot of, like, these were my favorite movies in the theatrical cut, which were the additions that we did because he took out everything else.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, it, you know, it was things that... It was used as, like, a forced way of getting little hints of character. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so back to the time travel thing was one of my favorite parts because like I liked the things being rebuilt as mm-hmm. he was running uh, That was that was really cool.
0: Also um, the Character design was a lot better in this one mm-hmm. like I Mean you had dark side and all of that, but like are we ready st-
1: to get to steppenwolf?
0: Yeah who it, Who like has motive?
1: Yeah, what? What? He doesn't just teleport to from cutscene to cutscene?
0: To just, like, move the plot along? No, he actually has stakes of, like, I messed up and now I'm gonna die if I don't do this thing for my boss man?
1: Yep, and he does it all while being <laughs> from, like, PS4 to PS5 graphics instead of PS2 graphics. Yep. Maybe even PS1 graphics almost. Uh, yeah, like, instead of just And it was so weird that he called it Mother. I'm like, so is there this entity? I was getting hard Final Fantasy flashbacks. Mm -hmm. Specifically, like, less of the game and more of Advent Children. But Mother's with him. (laughs) Mother. Mother. Like, it was very reminiscent of that. And I'm like, so (laughs) is she a floating... Robot like, and space rock thing. Yeah, like, like is it like
0: a connection? Does he think that those boxes are his mother? If he rebuilds it, is there a connection to something?
1: Like just call her Genova if you're going that route. <laughs> uh, it was. Side so note: w-
0: I actually really like the personifications of the mother boxes in the final mind palace thing.
1: Oh yeah, that was really cool because it was like a almost a, you know, there is an entity there, and then there's a life force there that is trying to, uh, like manipulate him. And he's just like, no,
0: it's, it, it, it's kind of one ringy in a way of like, yeah, they come and they try to make you do the thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, little thing. And that was one of my favorite <laughs> parts about the novelization of Spider-Man Two. And it was like with Doc Ock's arms, they actually had a uh, conscience and were trying to, they talk him into stuff. Mm. Uh, and so I, I like that so little bit. The
0: one man who read the novelization of Spider-Man Two, It's true. Uh,
1: <laughs> But, yeah, uh, I, I thought that was really smart. I mean, giving us a, you know, again, giving us more Victor and more more stuff there. Mm. Um, there was just, yeah, I, I just, some of the stuff I'm just like, why? Why why would you cut that?
0: I, like, it has to. You can f-
1: give your reasons, but it's like, I'm still going to ask, but why?
0: <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> you know? still going to ask, but what did you do?
1: Dude, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was also like so many characters got cut and I, you know, I enjoyed the actual truth of the flashback war that Diana narrates Yeah, and seeing all that. That was really cool. Uh, and getting to see more of like Zeus and, and Ares too. Yeah. And like, yeah. Ca- like characters that were in other <laughs> things, you know, in this world that was built, yeah. uh, and that it was actually Dark Side instead of Steppenwolf, like it all made sense and you know, it and we that kinda ties into him reporting to the sad or as we call him, the sad, sad, The Sad. So, you know, if since we're this movie was all about world building and stuff and, you know, because he had well, to more
0: like the- the accumulation of what he had already built and yeah. then expand. Yeah.
1: And he, he, you know, he did have plans for two more justice league movies, you know, down the line. And so Which this helps me saying
0: that flashpoint might let us get.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was, that was like a, well, we're going to fix and change anything that we feel like we need to, like we were going to, it looked like they were going to days of future past it yeah. in a, a lot of ways. Um, but you know, if there is a dissad that, Implies that there is the happy, so you know if yeah. all of this like restore the Snyderverse and stuff, bring me the happy. You give me the sad, de bring me
0: the happy. happy. <laughs> gotcha. Um. So yeah. So what are other? Are there any other pros that you want to talk about? Uh.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I liked a lot of.
0: The, I like the visuals better. Like like color just, aspect. Like the tone was consistent.
1: Yeah. Okay, let's let's do a little bit of that because I think that was one of the most uh, enticing features of this whole thing. Yeah. This whole ordeal was I wanted to see, and I know you did too, mm-hmm. uh, just the juxtaposition of okay, and like, you could do this in like a film study class of just like here is the scene in this version, mm-hmm. here is the same scene in this version and it's extended in different Like color palette and everything,
0: color palettes, soundtracks,
1: and so my (coughs) one of my favorite things that I was looking forward to seeing uh, with the the Snyder Cut is difference of tone and intention while using the same scene. Yep, and it's like to me that was one of the most fascinating things. Just as with like an outside observation, I agree. I was like, okay, here's the same scene, the same dialogue, and and everything, but. Just, you know, th- changing the edits, changing the color correction,
0: Attention, changing the like the sound
1: changing and and then um, adding and moving and moving around the, the the shots and the dialogue and everything completely changes the in- the tone and the intention. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I the one the probably the strongest example of that would be the. Uh, this movie's introduction of Wonder Woman in that the theatrical was like okay we're gonna do like Avengers 1 and everyone gets their little intro thing and like oh here's Wonder Woman look it's Wonder Woman she's she's stopping this bank robbery that's you know wants to be really violent but don't worry Wonder Woman's here huzzah she did it whereas in this it's like
0: in this it's a chorus of ancient Amazonian chants
1: yes (laughs) and on top of that it was like you know people get (laughs) shot she throws people against the wall and like kills them yeah
0: like she straight up kills people
1: and this guy was it was not like you know semi hokey bank robbery no it was was like like, we are sending a message yeah full-on message with intent um you know blow up the world uh terrorists. It was a terrorist yep. attack, not just this hokey bank robbery. And and so, to me, that was one of the biggest examples of the same scene, <laughs> but um, being presented completely differently.
0: Yeah. So there was that one moment with Wonder Woman where she's like, I loved a man once. Twice.
1: Oh, yeah. And I, I lost said, him. Twice. twice. <laughs> yeah. Every time she said that, I was just like, twice.
0: Because <laughs> You know, Wonder Woman two happened. Yeah, um, I agree. I would also argue that like, well,
1: it's if it's Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. I'm wondering where Wonder Woman two through nineteen eighty three went. That's a lot of movies that we don't have.
0: Goodness gracious. <laughs> um, the other thing I would argue is the scene with Aquaman, uh,
1: uh, which the his introduction one,
0: not his introduction underwater. His on on the land. Yeah, that's what I was talking yeah. like in the
1: fishing village uh with the like Borla like Macbeth three witches. Yeah. Uh chorus.
0: Yeah. I would argue that that one also like sets a different tone for him.
1: Yeah, totally. Cuz it
0: makes cuz the the biggest thing to me with uh Aquaman in this movie, which I find interesting cuz Aquaman's the one that probably changed almost the least like when it comes to from, like from cuts? From cuts? Yeah. And it was Purely a tonal shift for him. Mm -hmm. Like, most of his moments, minus, like, the lasso scene and stuff, are, like, he had the added scenes with Diana, which really helped him, but, like, it was tonal shifts, where he went from campy to, like, you know, still, like, that kind of silly that they wanted him to be, but able to be taken seriously. He wasn't just a, my man!
1: Yeah, it was more of, like, a he, he, he I I would say he's still pretty reluctant in both versions, but this was a reluctance of responsibility versus a reluctance of like, ah, I'm just messing with you guys.
0: Like, I don't
1: take, I'm not taking this whole saving the world thing seriously.
0: Yeah. Versus like the build up to the, he's not ready to be king.
1: Yeah. Uh, and it's-
0: He just can't wait to not be king. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Turns out he can wait to be king. (laughs) At least until he gets his movie.
0: Yeah, which...
1: He's like, you need to promise me some shiny armor first, some shinier armor before I can...
0: Also, can we talk about Mirror's accent?
1: Yeah, it was different.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it was British, and then it wasn't British, and it's not British in the, the theatrical release of... Nope. So, like, something happened. Choices were made. Choices were made. Um, But yeah, I think Aquaman benefits... Very much from having the tunnel shift. Yeah, while still getting to have fun moments.
1: Yeah, it, it was weird going from icky thump yep. to like, a woo, I'm drinking and going back in the water to uh, somber, slow...
0: Staring at the water, contemplating my future.
1: Yeah, like, I don't know if I want anything to do with this. Can people just leave me alone?
0: Yeah. But I, I found that to be like a, a really good shift. Yeah. with in tone.
1: Actually, here's a, speaking of another shift uh, in difference, uh, let's talk about Batman a little bit. We haven't talked oh, about him Oh, you mean a lot. the fact
0: that I actually didn't hate this Batman? <laughs> <laughs> like, for all of the Batfleck jokes, which are completely valid in, like, the theatrical cut, like, I don't, I don't like Ben Affleck's Batman. But he's much more skewed towards, like, old man Bruce Wayne from, uh, Batman Beyond, which is my favorite Batman, and made me like this Batman, at least at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, I liked him more, also, but I know that was like a big thing for you. not being
0: like a creeper on Diana, which yep. was like a big thing for me, too.
1: Yeah, it was more of just like a, okay, so we, you know, uh, it, it it gave a little bit more gravity and less silliness to the fact of like, uh, I mean, there was some some jokes about it, but it was like, you know, we got Barry on, on board immediately, but it's kind of up to the two of us to, to bring every, to reel everyone in.
0: I felt, I felt his, cause like he's an older Batman. He's yeah. a Batman that's been doing this for a while and, you know, is probably reaching the end of his prime already. Bart, like not even mentioning like the, the ending that we'll, we'll get to, Yeah. um, He's a Batman that's been doing this for a while. You could feel his world weariness. Like, yeah. you can feel him being tired. He
1: is definitely, and like, it's more realistic and I think more apropos and just it more logical that he is the recruiter and then becomes the coach on the sidelines being like, yeah, go team, rather than... Yeah, because you know,
0: during the second world fight, he doesn't do that much.
1: He doesn't do that much, and I actually that was one of my favorite things about it is like, because, you know, what are your superpowers? I'm rich. That's still a funny line for me. But like he, one of he my favorite- He knows fav- his yeah, limitations. Yeah, I really actually really liked the fact that and like the slow motion lineup going into the fray with everybody and then Batman yeah. in his car. <laughs> that, was, that was great to me because it's like, okay, he doesn't, he can't do a lot physically and you know he can contribute with his gadgets Gadgets. and his vehicles and stuff but you know in the grand scheme of things there's not a lot he can contribute and so i liked that this bruce felt more it it really solidified like okay i know my place in all this and it is not the leader it is not the you know person at on the front lines it's he's like i'm just a support player and like you know I liked him uh, helping Barry, who was, you know, he was like, I just need a few seconds to heal. And he's like, I got you, bro. Let me get this uh, this evil flying parademon Torbjorn off your back.
0: <laughs> Side note, I like the design of the parademons here, even if they just wig me out ever since the, the movie that we watched.
1: Uh, Apocalypse
0: War. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that movie, yeah. but <laughs> the parademons still leave that like...
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. feeling
0: and these ones look more like that and thus gave me more of that like
1: heebie-jeebies uh,
0: yeah and also just felt more like ominous to me for being like these like filler baddies that that were there to be able to be murdered yeah remotely.
1: the yeah the theatrical was more of like okay just like cannon fodder yeah. or these are just like these could felt like they could actually do some damage yeah. uh you know their CR level was much higher in this.
0: Yes, they were less the goblin party you fight at level one, and more like I don't know something else. At left. least
1: level ten to twelve. Like yeah. we're talking. Yeah, we're talking double we're, digit levels. We're
0: talking like you, these guys had to do their grinding to get their levels up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to yeah. get to them.
1: Uh, but yeah, so I I I liked a lot of this the stuff with Batman, and and I appreciated that.
0: I will also argue. Um, I liked. I actually could enjoy the Superman in like, here's the thing: Superman for me is boring. Like bar none. It's really hot take. Ho- or hot is take.
1: it uh, laser eye take? That's his word. His heat vision. There we mm, go. Heat vision take.
0: It's like in general, I just find him kind of dull because he's too perfect. And the theatrical cut leaned so far into it. It was like, we have to have Superman or we're all going to die. Like, Superman is the key to everything. Most important boy. Like all of that. And I liked one getting to have him have some humor. Like that fit. Um,
1: yeah. And it wasn't just forced in there.
0: Wasn't, it also wasn't just like truth in name of justice. or. It's like, bitch, I'm going to you know, fight you. you know,
1: I will say with that line specifically, in theory, it should work. Cause it's like, wink, 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 nod, nod, nod. And it, didn't.
0: <laughs> no, it doesn't. And so like the not impressed in like Frost Breath on the Axe is so much more fun.
1: Yeah, it was super cool. And so uh we after you know, when we had our little our little mini powwow after watching it and kind of like, you know, thought thinking about it and, you know, yep. kind of translating that to here, uh when we were talking we talked about like a D and D party a second ago. Yep. That's what the final battle in this felt more like. Yeah. And it felt uh less like um
0: Like we're waiting for the one thing that can, yeah, that we're can we're win. waiting for
1: Gandalf to show up with the Rohirrim at yep. the dawn of the third day.
0: Except Gandalf is the Rohirrim.
1: Yeah, but like and, and instead and of and the like, ghost
0: army and everything all in one person. Yeah,
1: and so like I I felt like that detracted hugely from the rest of the Justice yeah. League. It was it was less the Justice League and more of like the Justice warm up, yeah, benchwarmers. So, you so know, so
0: in in the the other version. It felt like they're like, you know, Superman is the is the piece that will tip us in favor of winning versus like he is the only way we win. Yeah. And also, I really like having moments with Superman put po- like outside of that. Like there was the moments with at the farm that we had kind of in the theatrical cup. But like the moment with Alfred, the moment where he ch- gets his suit and all that kind of stuff with like the voices of his daddies. um
1: yeah. And like, I, I really liked that because, you know, uh, with a lot of I mean, we have other examples of that being the case. But, you know, people almost assume black suit means bad version, but that's not what it is. And no, he- it
0: means alternative. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a face. No, but like I, I really liked the scene of the yeah, like with the suits and like because it, it was a choice of that's Superman. A-
0: yeah. And so it wasn't. We didn't get to the final battle being like, is Superman going to show up? Why did Superman show up? Like, okay, he's just here now. How did he know to be here? Yeah. Like, instead, we got a buildup of, you know, Superman just came back from the dead. You would think Joss Whedon would know what to do with that storyline because he's <laughs> done it so many damn times. <laughs> but, um, you know, Superman comes back from the dead and he's like, I I need to figure out, like, why, like, why am I... Like, here, what, what is, why do I need to do this? Like, it's I, not
1: who is Superman. It's why is Superman. Well,
0: so I'm, I'm assuming based on context clues that with the ending of Superman, uh Batman versus Superman, where he dies, like he had kind of a more dilemma of like, am I a good person? Am I worth this? Like, yeah, thing I that mean, they do? it's,
1: it's a man of steel was more of like, what if this dude is bad? We can't trust him. And then Batman v Superman is more of him being like, am I causing more harm than good?
0: And so for me, this those scenes outside where he's deciding like who he wants to be and what he wants to be, for one thing, give me something to hold on to. But also like give reason for him joining back up with them and being like, nah, I am going to be part of the solution and I am not the problem. Like, and I think think that that adds a lot to Superman as just, like, a character. Um,
1: yeah, because there's a whole, and, there's a whole sequence of them fighting him and, you know, trying to stop him. And so, you know, he has to deal with that of, like, more of, am I the problem? And then, you know... Well,
0: because everything else, like, in the theatrical, it was about him being, like, a god.
1: Yeah, but... And, like, the... Well, that, I think that was the other one where, like, all the weird touching and stuff.
0: Yeah, but... Uh, Still, it's like, it's just weird. Yeah, but
1: this one is like, no, like I, like you said, I can be part of the solution. I can help. And, you know, they've, they've, in my absence, have put together this team. I, I can be part of it. I can do it.
0: Yeah, Yeah. And so, like, you get, you get much more of a sense in the longer version of a team being built and relationships and connections being made rather than, like, we're all here.
1: Yeah. And like I I really liked um we touched on it uh, very briefly, but what Cyborg says when he's talking to the motherboxes, I'm not alone.
0: And I'm not I, broken.
1: I'm not I'm not alone. I'm not broken. I feel like that's a similar thing that uh Clark gets yeah. is like a oh, not only am I not a problem, I'm not alone. And you know, these people are here and there are other people out there that it's, I can finally, instead of being by myself and isolated <laughs> in my fortress of solitude, yeah. uh, I can, uh, I do have people I can depend on.
0: Yeah. So, like, pro-wise, I I feel like those kind of things helped me care more about this core cast of characters. Like, I, I do understand that Wonder Woman already, like, had her movie or was having her movie come out and... And by that, needed a little bit less. Though, theoretically, so did Superman. Um, But he did not benefit from it. I think Wonder Woman could have benefited from having a little bit more, like, moments. But yeah. they cut all of her moments, which were mostly with Aquaman. Like, she and Aquaman got about a similar amount of, like, investment. Because they both had solo flicks going on at the time.
1: Yeah, I'd say she got a little bit more... um because his was the next... His was, like, the, I think the next big one. But I would say, like, she got a little bit more to do than him. But not by, like, a large margin. But not
0: by, like, a large margin. And not when it comes to, like, character development-wise. Yeah, yeah that's, Um. That's so, that being said. Is the Zack Snyder version better than the other one? By far. Yes. <laughs> but it's not perfect. And I do kind of want... The, I don't want this to come across as a fanfare of, like... I... I'm happy that Zack Snyder, because of the reason he left was so bad and he did go through so much with this movie beforehand and did a lot of that work. Like, I I am not a fan of fans being like, we demand this thing, satisfy us.
1: Yeah. And 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 we talked a bit about that before too. It's just like we don't
0: Hi, we have conversations outside yes. of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's the
1: reason why we have this podcast. It is uh you know, we don't want this. This is this is a good thing, but this is also should be kind of
0: uh, a one time, a
1: one time. Yeah, this is a one time thing, but it, and not setting a precedent of, uh, you know, as f- I, I I don't want fans to be like, well, we bully this into existence. What else can we bully into existence?
0: Yeah, because I've already like. Part of my issues with fandom in the past have been the relationships that fans have to the creators of the stuff that they enjoy. Because, like, yeah, you can not like things and you're, you are fully within your right to let people know that you don't like things, but to try to demand things of creators. And, like, it, I don't mean in a way of like not fighting for like better inclusion, better diversity, better representation of, you know, women people of color lgbt like those are specific things that are battling not specifically against a certain creator but against like the, our entity as a whole yeah. like the entirety of hollywood and
1: just like the industry standards and, industry and, all and just like
0: the world in general to have better inclusion that fight i do think like you should fight for but there's a difference between that and like the people who want like I hated the end of Game of Thrones. But the people who are demanding to have Game of Thrones, like... Just redo. Redo. Like, that's time, money, investment, and, like, the actors aren't the same age anymore. And there's, like... There's a lot of excess work and money that goes into something like that versus this. This had all of the variables in place to happen. All of this was already shot. All of, like... Zack Snyder had gotten to, like, almost the end point before stepping away. And, like, this movie that we got, the Zack Snyder cut, could have been the Joss Whedon cut. Like, Joss Whedon was given these things and did not use them. And whatever you feel about that, we had all of this stuff in play. The money that went into the re-edits and, like, the work of post-production is not the same thing as telling creators, like, I hated this Star Wars movie, go redo it. Because that's a completely different level of ask. And.
1: (laughs) This is a whole completely different level of ass.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, and so I, I don't agree with fans demanding, like, redos of things. It's in the same way that I don't, Agree with like rebooting everything. Yeah. I like you hate how this thing ended. Well, go find something that works and help elevate that. Like, we don't need to keep redoing the same stories. Like, we don't need to redo the ending of Star Wars. We need to create something else that does better. Like, we don't need to redo the ending of Game of Thrones. We need to help make stories that do better. And the time and resources that you're asking for with the ending of, like, something that you didn't like can go towards making a new thing that you do. And that's the difference between this and, like, the Snyder Cut, which already existed, and, like, you're not, at, like, taking so many resources away from something else to make it.
1: That's a, that's a probably the best way anyone could say that. Thanks. It's just, like, instead of redoing the thing, do
0: the new thing. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, it's true, because there are so many good stories out there that need those resources and need that time and need that chance that we don't need to go rehash things because they were bad. Here's the thing. You can just not like how something ended. Like, the reason I like fandom is because you're, you don't have to accept the ending you were given. You can live with whatever ending you want. And guess what? Like...
1: There's a whole corner for that.
0: Well, there's a whole corner for that. But it's like, you don't have to accept an ending, but you don't have to demand them to redo it. Like, I've hated the endings of plenty of things that I was really, really invested in. And sure, like, in that instance where it disappoints me and it lets me down, I, you know, I have cried. I have been angry for weeks to months. But... I've never tried to demand them to fix it. Instead, like, I like fan fiction. I like, you know, thinking of what I would rather do. And I, like, there are better and more productive ways to deal with your feelings.
1: And healthier.
0: And healthier ways to deal with your feelings on media. Like, this is not me telling you to distance yourself or disconnect yourself from media that means something to you. But there are other ways. And if you're not a creative person, like for me, my my initial thing is like, then go create the story that you want to hear. And guess what? When I do that, and as I do like different things that work out the way that I want them, there will be people who are like, I hate your ending. I hate this thing that you did. Why didn't you do it XYZ way? And it's going to be because it was the story I wanted to tell. And I just... I really don't want the precedent to be like the fan being like, you must tell the story I want to hear. Cause it's the creator is this is the story that I am telling.
1: Yeah. It's like, we, we no there's no way we can make 6 billion different endings for things to make sure that you specifically are happy. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And the, the thing is like, that's why fan fiction exists. It's why like fan works exist. It's why like a lot of people who really enjoy story and like, consuming media like that end up making their own so that they have like that power and if you're not the person who wants to tell those stories like if you're someone who likes to consume stories but don't want to put out your own just let yourself be let yourself be disappointed let yourself you know write that tweet of like this sucked (laughs) like that is valid like criticism uh in good faith of like, this part was bad. This is what didn't work is good. Bad, bad faith criticism of like, everything sucks and so you must abide by me yeah. is, is not helpful. And it's only gonna just like ruin your time. Like, let yourself devote your energy to stuff that you enjoy. Let yourself work through your feelings of things that disappoint you and don't work out how you want but let yourself move on to things that you enjoy and don't spend all of your energy and time on things that you don't. Because guess what? You're not gonna get the the Zack Snyder cut of Game of Thrones <laughs> or whatever. Yeah.
1: Uh, I I've,
0: I step down off my soapbox.
1: Cool. I, I have like a little smaller one that I like <laughs> to step up. <laughs> there we go. So I hope, on top of all of that, that uh and I Again, that was brava to you because uh, that thanks. is the best way and the best possible outcome. That is the, the brightest happy. That is the happy <laughs> timeline of all of that. Uh, and I just hope another takeaway from from all of this is that, uh, you know, on top of the inclusion and like, you know, give people the right stories. I think, you know, this was a win in letting people have their vision and. And it's like, see, if you trust the people that you hire to do their job, it's going to be a better result than if you just interfere in all of the possible ways. And it's like, you know, there's a reason why uh, when people release director's cuts of things and stuff, it's usually received better. Uh, And like, you know, I, I understand. I'm not saying that, you know, producers should just. Okay, come back to me when it's done. You know, I'm not saying that. But, like, I think there should be more faith and trust in the people that they have chosen to hire to make the thing. You know, like, I I just, you know, and, and there's all, you know, you could, we could talk forever about, you know, the corporate greed and just the, you know, <laughs> we got to get this thing out. We need it out fast. Yeah. And, like, who cares? And it's like, you know, just let the people that you hired to do the thing, do the thing. And I think, you know, there is a side-by-side comparison all the time between Marvel and DC. And it's like, yes, there are, you know, Marvel is not perfect as much as, you know, it pains me to say it, but Marvel isn't perfect. However, the difference is the person that they have kind of steering the ship at the top doesn't come at it from a place of, this is how it's going to be. Um, There was an interview, I think it was for... Uh, there was like a thing for Endgame or it either, it might have been on Infinity War. Either way, it was like, I it was for Infinity War because of the 10-year celebration of mm-hmm. the MCU. Um, it was an interview with Kevin Feige and he said, uh, people always come to me or they they assume that I'm, you know, I, that I go to these directors of the movie and say, this is the movie we're going to make. He said, what I actually do is I come to these directors and say, okay, what is the movie we're going to make? And, you know, <clears throat> you know, the truth of that, you know, could be what it is. Yeah. But I, I really like the fact that it it comes from a place of, OK, here are the little things that I need for the overarching world. But there's a lot more trust, it seems, into to, you know, hey, get these things in here that I need to to, to keep to move the us universe co- cohesive and everything. Uh, but, you know. Other than that, they get to play and do what they want. You know, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, for example, is, you know, it's a Marvel movie, but there is no question that it is a, it is a James Gunn movie. Yeah. Black Panther is not just a Marvel movie. It is a Ryan Coogler movie.
0: Thor Ragnarok.
1: Thor Ragnarok <laughs> is unashamedly a Taika Waititi movie.
0: And and I would argue like WandaVision 2 was like, we wanted to do this thing.
1: Totally. 100%. And it's like, if you trust the people, (laughs) if you trust them, it will come. Like (laughs) that, that's just kind of how it's proven to be. And, you know, that's what gives the, the world. I I was using MCU as an example, but that's giving, if you have different directors and different voices, if you let those voices be heard in the way that they want to be heard, it enriches the world rather than you know uh makes it just like a mixy hodgepodge mess uh i think that's what makes world's more exciting when you have all these different properties within the franchise of you know that's why like damn you like here's our thriller movie here's our buddy comedy here's our space world like here's our super gritty drama like Having that just makes the world more richer because of all of the different voices that you allow to be heard.
0: I agree, and I also think that like one of the reasons Marvel has gotten the success that it has is, you know, this is not me singing the praises of Kevin Feige. I have disagreements with things that he he, he does, <laughs> it's true. Um, but structurally, like having one person that oversees like the grand scheme plan, so that you can make these other movies and try things while still keeping on a path so that it seems like everything has an intent, I think is the strongest way of doing it. And so like, if they had given Zack Snyder or whoever, even like that, that through line of DC, I think you would have like a slightly stronger, like through line to get to a place. Um, And I think that adding in a director to like finish up justice league Wouldn't have had so many things if there was like an end thing they had to meet and like a point that they had to build to and same and I think the same way for like Star Wars like again it's not bulletproof because Game of Thrones had a a set of things that didn't work but like with Star Wars like say you had given JJ Abram like the full scope you probably would have had a more cohesive story if you had just trusted in him to lead it, even if you gave different movies to different directors, it's like when you have people who don't communicate to each other, what they need and what they want, then you just get a very convoluted storyline full of plot holes. And I think that's where Marvel has kind of like mastered the, the structure, I guess. Um, but yeah, I I would like to and I guess yeah. wrap up this with the parts that just didn't work for me. I still think Zack Snyder doesn't understand what women are and like he really needs to take some kind of feminist literature class to understand that women can be fully fleshed out people without dudes. Um, he got kind of close with a couple moments with Wonder Woman, but Lois Lane uh. Uh. <laughs> I it's I true. hate the entire plot line they're putting forth with Lois Lane. I hate it. She is a uh, embodiment of like an idealized trophy that if you take it away Superman has a temper tantrum. Oh
1: no, you took my you took away my thing that I like. I'm gonna throw a temper tantrum and blow up the world.
0: Yeah, and and I hate that. Like, here's the thing there are romance tropes in like the romance genre where it's like, you know, big scary dude loves this one lady and like whatever. Mm. But <laughs> one, Superman is not made to be that character. But two, like you're taking away this woman's agency to decide anything for herself. You are trapping her in this relationship. Like, I understand Lois and Clark, meant to be soulmates, whatever, but like, I I, I hate everything about it. Like, one, it proves that Superman is some like emotionally unstable toddler who can't handle life because what if Lois Lane got hit by a car like his entire world is over and that's not
1: people seem to do in this universe
0: oh there were so (laughs) many people getting hit by cars that that was a lot we can talk about the one thing that you had trouble with
1: uh oh yeah where it's like you know i again it's really cool that you gave people of color things to do in the zach in in this version of justice league and stuff but why are you trying to you know for all of your you know, black people are great and important and they have all these things and they are part of this thing. But black women hitting, can't drive?
0: Why are you hitting every black woman with a car?
1: <laughs> but but because they're not watching the road? Like, why, why are black women, specifically black women, why are you saying that they can't drive? Well, that was so weird that was, and I didn't that, like it.
0: No, that was like a moment where we paused it and we were like...
1: Is this what you're trying I, to say? Is why? this
0: what's happening? But, um... But yeah, that that's nothing, and and I wish that Iris had more to do. But like, I get that it's not her movie. But like, the the way Iris was used in this movie was not my favorite either, because she was also a trophy of like, look at pretty girl, save pretty girl, I get to date pretty girl, like, it
1: let me grab the wiener first. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: was funny. I mean, like, I called that it was for the dogs, but like, it there was a lot of. Like, there's a lot of glorification of I, male appreciation of their love interest.
1: Yeah, but it is also Zach. That is Zack Snyder's mantra, Wiener First. <laughs> Whether he yes. admits it or not.
0: I walk Watchmen watch Wiener first. I walk into the room wiener first. <laughs> Sorry, that's the Bob the Drag Queen song, is Purse First.
1: <laughs> walk yeah. into
0: the room, wiener, wiener first. <laughs> first.
1: Wiener first. Wiener uh, first. <laughs> um
0: but he he doesn't understand how to write non-male-centric females. And with Lois Lane, the change to her character in this, like, yes, I like that she had agency to do things for her own reasons. But her point is to hold Superman together. And then you get to the end where Batman has his, like, future dream sequence where suddenly we have a whole bunch of people there, including the Joker, who I still can't stand. <laughs> um, Like... As I get older, I hate the Joker more and more and more. But I hate this version of the Joker (laughs) and his little rich boy on a tantrum spree self. But you find out that the world is destroyed because Lois Lane died and Superman went insane. And the, the hell is that? Like, I hate it. I hate everything about it. I hate your entire choice of plotline, and I. You cannot be like this is the most important character in the like. Yeah, they say Lois is the key key." to everything.
1: Oh, so you agree that she is just an object? Yes, like you're saying,
0: like I don't think you. I don't think this means what you think it means.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I recently purchased Princess Bride because it was four in the morning and I was looking at sales and I purchased, purchased bri- Princess br- purchased I pr- Bride. Princess Purch- Bride. <laughs> Purchase Bride. Purchase <laughs> Bride. Purchase first. Purchase first. Purch- first. Uh, And I bought Princess Bride, which is an apropos way of saying you keep using this, this word. word.
0: I do not think it, it means what you think it means. <laughs> but like, I don't think you understand what it means to give a female character an important role in a movie, because her important role is to exist for this dude to not go crazy. That doesn't make her the most important person in the universe. That makes Superman the most important person in the universe. And you saying that Lois is the toy that you can't take away. And I, thanks, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but outside of that.
1: Joe Manganel has a mohawk.
0: <laughs> I don't care about coming. You know, <laughs> like that whole thing with Lex Luthor and Deadshot and whatever. I don't care. Like Deathstroke, sorry. Whatever, I to... Deathstroke. I have to say it. Whatever. <laughs> it shows you how much I care. <laughs> um. I like. I want to like this movie more but the more i remember that that's the crux of like this in this thing like that's that's the key to him moving forward with his justice league i hate it i hate that you're like oh look we killed wonder woman and she's dead oh look we killed harley quinn she's dead
1: we killed aquaman Nah. Eh. He- I, I don't know i I was like, "Oh, look! Don't worry. One of the guys died too."
0: Eh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one of the guys died, so that you could ca- keep the Joker. <laughs> yeah. And ugh, I don't think the Joker means what you think he means. And I don't care about the relationship between Batman and the Joker in this sense. Like sometimes, sure, like, but i I don't care about their wank fest with each other and all that. I, like, I don't care about this sausage fest of angst. And I need, like, Zack Snyder needs to bring on board some female writers.
1: I don't know. His wife produces all the stuff with, her, with him. Maybe she should write some stuff or, like... I mean,
0: women have internalized issues with how women are portrayed in different ways, too. Like...
1: It's true, but it's like, if you're such a good boss, I know you know people, so.
0: It's like, yeah, but that's where Zack Snyder's ego needs to come into check of like, hey, realize where your failings are and bring in people to help you make them better so that your movies are great instead of okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, Just a quick example is, uh, that I can think of off the top of my head is Atlanta. Uh, And like, you know, They have a lot of, you know, interesting characters and stuff, but they also know uh, Donald Glover and his brother also know as like part of a writing team. It's like, okay, we're going to let the actual black women write the stories of the black women because
0: we don't know what it's like. Yeah, like
1: they they are those people they know and can write them better than we could. Yeah.
0: But and that doesn't take away from people like donald glover and his brother as writers yeah and it's not and i i am firmly not of the belief that like men should not write female characters my thing is you You also don't need
1: 800 writers on a thing because that's also bad that
0: too but also but my point is more like men just need to talk to a female (laughs) before they they write female characters and it yeah you're gonna be like well what about women writing male characters here's the thing Every woman you know has had to consume media to identify with the way that stories about men and the male experience are. I can write you multiple essays and books about the male experience as told by men. And like it's drilled into our heads from birth to identify with the male story and to be able to find ourselves in that story. And we don't ask men to do the same thing. And like this extend this metaphor extends like other ways. Like we don't ask white people to think about what it means to be a person of color. But I also think we need to hire more people of color to write things and do things. And same thing about hire more women to write things and do things because we've had the one story so much. And it's probably why like I just roll my eyes nowadays at so many different types of media. Like, And I know I've, like, probably drowned your ear out, Casey, about, like, just being bored with a thing. Like, sure, this movie looks good. This show looks good. But I know this story. And I'm bored, so I don't need it.
1: I'm also, I mean, I'm also getting tired of seeing the same things and, like, you know, getting an... uh, on top of that, it is another thing of just getting older and seeing, you know, you can recognize and see, oh, I I already know this. I already know how this is going. Yep. I, I've, I've already seen this in its yeah. capacity. And, you know, the, there's the question of like, well, every story has been told. Yes, well, you can also tell them in new and interesting ways. Yeah. And you don't have to do the same problematic things. And, and I, we
0: rely on your...
1: Like based
0: for, in realism history blah, 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 blah.
1: yeah, like for me, we were talking the other day, just randomly like my one of my things I'm so over is like dead parents or like yep. dead family or whatever. I'm like there are other means of motivation than dead people that are close to you or using them as way to give a cheap it's a cheap way to give stakes, I think,
0: and Not stop having all of again. your female characters sexually assaulted, yep, guess like, what. Trauma comes from more than just the place where you understand what you can do to a lady.
1: It's true, and just like we we just we don't need it anymore. And you know, uh, that stuff I don't think we ever need again. But nope. you know, I, I don't need it. But with death, you know, stories that are around death and stuff like that is something that happens. You know, and and I'm not saying that. And that's I get something that you that can't never happen like, again.
0: Yeah, and I get that you can't tell a Batman story where his parents aren't dead.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but it's also like. You know, well,
0: you can probably some way.
1: Yeah, but you.
0: you but a I lot of
1: stories you are are they starting lot- to finally omit that part because it's like we already know it, so we don't need to deal with it or see it again. But it's also just like I don't, I don't need especially it, especially
0: when it's not like the the point of the story. Yeah. So, like, in and the to let's say it's just a
1: launch pad. Well, like, I guess a lot like.
0: Yeah. And like, I feel like there's a difference between, like, I'm going to use Lion King, where, like, the death of Mufasa is the crux for a lot of Simba's, like, dealings with things. It's used against him. Like, it exists for more than just the parental death, make, make sad. Yeah. Like, and, and so, like, if there's, if you have, like, much like, don't kill your your female love interest to pr- further the story when you can when there's more ways to do it. Like, there are ways to do things that work, <clears throat> but you can't rely on the same old tropes all the time to tell your stories because people are going to get bored. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, the bottom line, like, it's just it's lazy. It get it can get easily lazy and boring.
0: Yeah, and it's it's me being like, ah, this this old chestnut yes.
1: yes like an example i have is a uh, movie <clears throat> upgrade which you know within 10 or 15 minutes the wife is dead the rest of the movie is cool it has a lot of cool fight things The it came out like shortly after around when venom came out and they were like oh look it's venom it even has the dude logan marshall green who looks just like tom hardy it's like the same but like i like the movie but i couldn't get past like you know the first 15 minutes i'm like okay well cool can we? No, nope, I guess we can't do any other motivation for this dude to go on his spree.
0: And and to to show that like it's not me or you saying like this is like Barnon, you can't do this. Like take John Wick, like the lead in of his emotional trauma is that his wife died of cancer, and like it is a traumatic moment for him, but it it doesn't fall into the same dead wife trope to me yeah
1: and he also isn't getting revenge because my wife was murdered no she just she
0: just died and it makes you understand why he's sad and it makes you understand like his connection to like the dog because that has been his emotional crux so when the dog dies he flips the hell out
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean his whole thing that he says multiple times throughout the the movies we've gotten so far is like his drive to survive is to live because that's the one thing she wanted from him is to get away from all of that and just be alive and to live, like just live. Yeah. And you know,
0: and, and without making this into a John wick podcast, we can.
1: I will, I'll do it.
0: I know that's why I'm stopping you. <laughs> yeah. But it's like that, that is a part of his story, but it doesn't feel like, sure. I can be like another dead wife. Yay. Yeah. But it doesn't, Hit me in the same way as, like, um, the, the first episode of The Boys. Yeah. Which Oof. is cheap. <laughs> I, like, full stop, I don't care if you like The Boys. It's cheap. And I hate it. I hated everything about it. And that moment just made me so angry. And so, like, there are ways to do things that don't feel like that. But when it feels like sacrifice to further dude. It's a bad take. If it feels like you're just doing this to do the quick cut, to like emotional pain, like you you're not willing to do the story and the work to get. Yeah, it's like cutting
1: corners. Yeah,
0: it's like ah yes. If I hit button X Y Z, then people will know what I'm going for instead of taking the time to write out you know, the moments to lead up to it, like a storyteller should do. What? Then, like, it's bad. In short, I still don't like Zack Snyder as a storyteller. I have a lot of problems with how he does it. That being said, his Justice League was so much better than the one that we got. But it still has room for improvement. So if he gets to move forward with his Justice League. I want him to do better. I am not giving him like the Audi of look, people liked my version better so I can just keep going with my story. I'm like, no. Well, yes, go forward with with where you left it off, but do better.
1: Go forth, do the thing, but do the thing better.
0: Yeah. Like that man had a vision. That vision doesn't have to come to pass. And in trying to prevent that future. Do better. And don't make your women into sacrificial lambs. You know, don't glorify male abusers. And don't glorify these relationships that like stand only on putting people on pedestals where if you kick it out from under them, they go crazy. Like do better in your storytelling and your world building to make people Trust you more as a storyteller and make people who are not your idealized masculine, you know, fantasies, the sole crux of your story.
1: Yeah. If you want a good Batman Joker story, uh, do go play Arkham Asylum and specifically Arkham City. That is one of the most satisfying Batman Joker arcs I've had. I've ever dealt with.
0: And recast the Joker
1: oh yeah I was I was still on that and I was like no Mark
0: Hamill no I love Mark Hamill but please don't give me that sadistic brat (laughs) and I'm not even talking about the Joker (laughs) (laughs) hey Hey, shots fired hey this has been a long episode
1: from the Shots fired from the Batmobile.
0: Yes, indeed. Well, if you've stuck around this long, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Talk Nerdy to Me, baby. It means you like us. I hope. I hope. We hope. I mean, people hate watch things. Oh, do People hate listening to podcasts. I feel like that's a different kind of investment. Yeah,
1: I don't know if I could do that.
0: I don't know either. I'm like,
1: I wouldn't give like, you my time if I didn't care about what you're saying. Yeah. Or at least respected enough to hear.
0: Exactly. <gasps> you respect us. Well, I feel it. <gasps> In my heart. Validation. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We post episodes almost every Tuesday at 7 a.m. PST, and you can find us all around the internet where I am Amory by the Sea on all of the things.
1: And I am Case Crusader. It's my Batman name.
0: I know. Yeah. Look how it comes around.
1: It's all, my it's name all doesn't together. mean anything, <laughs> it means you are Batman the waters it
0: means that one day I shall live by the sea again but never in Florida again <laughs> anyway thank you guys so much for listening we will talk to you next time and let us know on Twitter or Instagram or wherever what you thought of the Zack Snyder cut
1: Yep. and as always if there's something you wants to talk about we'll do it
0: <laughs> yeah pretty much you know open slates okay G-fe- goodbye G-fe-
1: Isn't that
0: the wrong franchise?
1: No, it's Superman. Is it? Yeah.
0: Uh.